Hey friends, my name's Stevie Taylor. Welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. My guest today is Fran Cora. Fran is a vocalist, bass player and actor from the Bay of Plenty in New Zealand. Uh, the current frontman of the band Cora, uh, also a member of the Modern Māori Quartet. I've met Fran a few times over the years and got to see Cora play a couple of times here in Sydney. Um, man, what an awesome live band. Um, we had a mean chat over the interwebs, not in person, so apologise if we seem a bit distant, but it's all there and it's all good, eh? Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Frank Cora. Cheers. I think we're rolling. Yeah, brother. Frank Cora. Bro, welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. Oh, thanks, brother. Bro, Good to what, be here. Yeah, man. What are you up to? Uh, just been a bit of a surf friend at the moment. Yeah. Uh, bro, basically, I've just like, been chasing a surf for the last month. Been yep. home alone. Yep. And it's uh, just realised it's the first month I've had off in like a couple of years, bro. Oh, really? Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, just like, lap, lapping it up, eh? Yeah, and you got a big summer coming up? Yeah, uh, it's not too big, but it's um, just the right amount, I think, eh? It's cool. Just a uh, bunch of festivals with uh, Kora uh, leading up to Christmas and stuff is with uh, Maramari Quartet. But, um, yeah, the busy season starts from Jan all the way through to March. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Awesome. Then, yeah. All right, both. So we'll, let's um let's roll it back to the start and then we'll sort of work <coughs> up to the what you're up to now and Yeah, cool. So um so you're born and raised in Fakatani? Yep. Yep, that's the one. It's my hometown. And uh, yeah, basically just played music with the old man. The old man was um, the force behind everything, you know. Um and we were really young. I think our first gig that we ever did was myself, Brad, and Stewie with the old man and our auntie Cherie. But that was for telethon, bro. I think I was like, it's been six years old or something. And then uh, from that point on, um, yeah, just played gigs with the old man around East Bay Plenty, uh, Fakatani, RSA clubs and rugby clubs. and Cozy yeah. clubs and stuff. Cozy clubs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Covers. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, those were the humble beginnings, bro. Yeah. Like a Yeah. And how often were you, were you gigging? Bro, a lot, actually, until uh, about the age of 17 or even 18. Uh, sometimes three nights a week, as well as, you know, going to school and trying to do sports. Um, but, yeah, for a long time there, long, uh, just myself and Brad and my old man used to play quite a lot, you know, and it, it would be like Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, most weeks, yeah, knew a lot of bands, bro, in Fakatani at the time, you know? Yeah, right, yeah. A lot of bands. Yeah. And what, uh, what, what sort of, any of those bands sort of still kicking around now? I haven't seen them. No, no. I think the DJ has really uh, taken over a lot of the live um, live musos and stuff, you know, back at home. Yeah, same over here too, yeah. bro. So, yeah. Oh, sorry, what, what instruments were you playing? I was just on the bass. Oh, just on yeah. bass, okay. Yeah, yeah just bass. And uh, the first song, I'll just go back to that telethon again. Um, the first two songs I ever learnt was Blimmin' um, 
a black magic woman from uh, Santana. And uh, who was it? Gary Moore. Um, Still got the blues? Nah, nah. No, no. Uh, 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 um, walking? That's what? Yeah, yeah sweet. Walking. And you back. Back in those days, bro, like the bass was huge. I was only small then. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. My fingers were aching, bro. I couldn't even do the walk properly. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and and uh, so your dad's a guitar player, is it right? Uh, he plays heaps of instruments. Oh, bro. does it? Yeah. yeah. So Keyboards, he he taught, he taught you bass. Yeah, taught bass. Um, and uh, taught all of us all different instruments, and because. Um, it plays a whole bunch of instruments, keyboards, saxophone, harmonica, guitar. Um, yeah, that, that's probably the main list of it. Yeah. And, and uh, you, follow, you follow singing in the band as well? Um, not until much later, bro. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> it was just Dad and my, my Auntie Cherie, they were the singers. Me and Brad were just the, the backbeat, bass and drums, you know. But um, yeah, it's funny looking back on it now, man, because, you know, those... Uh, those gigs are like four hours long, you know, just just covers gigs and you know four four breaks in between. And I look back at that now and go, fire up! That's a long seat, eh, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got a pretty seat with uh, quarters, like yeah. an hour and a half max, I think. Eh? <laughs> the live uh, gigs, yeah, yeah. I think I'll be having to do a four hour seat anymore. Yeah, no, the cover scenes it's still <clears throat> like that, bro. You still get the yeah. long gigs and the short gigs, yeah. especially here. Yeah, yeah. Who are your musical influences? Um, Who were you listening to? Definitely Michael Jackson when I was a kid. You know, Michael Jackson was a big uh, thing. But we listened to everything, bro. You kind of had to, you know. Um, I suppose that's a great thing about playing covers at a young age is it really teaches you. um, You got to be versatile, eh? When 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 you're in a covers band, yeah, because the crowd's never the same. You might be at a blooming country gig, and you got to play country songs, rock, and reggae, and everything. So the foundations, it's a, it's a mean place to to jam. And even today, hey, you, you know, there's just so much stuff out there. So much songs you got to learn, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And um, what's what's the? Uh, so you you're in Auckland, eh? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Based in yep. Auckland. Yeah. Which Which part of Auckland? I'm in uh, Waterview. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Love Waterview. And how's the scene there? What's the music scene like? Uh, I don't even know, bro. It's It's quite spread out, Auckland. It's um. <clears throat> so you got little clicks and stuff here and there, um, but just because the the layout of Auckland is so spread out, so I, I don't feel that there's a an actual hub or a heart in Auckland. Whereas Wellington's a different story. That's, it is, yeah. yeah. We, we really kicked off for us because that place is, you know, that, that whole city is, that's the heart. Everything's really close together. People are really uh, open about, you know, come down, have a jam. And and it's just that kind of uh, vibe. So, yeah, I love Wellies. It's cool. Up here, you just kind of stick to your own buzz, you know. Yeah, what do you think that is? Has it always been like that? Um, it's just so spread out up here, bro. And, yeah, it's quite clicky. Uh, I call it the typical Auckland scene, but it's uh, there's there's good peeps up here, <coughs> but um, yeah, you really have to make an effort to go out and link up with everyone, eh? Because it's so spread out. Yeah, yeah. And um, when did uh, Kora kick off? Um, probably kicked off in two thousand one, I believe. 
Um, I was studying at drama school in 2001, New Zealand drama school. And um, no, sorry, 2002. I think it probably kicked off. Um, and then in 2002, I was in my second year. And Lordy came up to the drama school. So I was just a year, a year ahead of Lordy. So we both had school together. And, and while we were there, bro, we just we uh, picked up a couple of gigs at cafes and stuff just so that we could you know, make some extra bucks while we were studying. <laughs> and um, along the way, he, he brought back some music and he was doing some recordings down in Queenstown with uh, Dan McGrew, who's in, in Kora. And um, Dan's originally from Wellington. And he'd come up and then us three would have a jam. And then um, made some songs and said, hey, look, we've got two other brothers back in Whakatani. They can, they can jam as well. And then it just uh, it kicked off, started from there. Um, we did, I think, our first proper gig where we had, you know, um, had a chance to hit a bigger stage was at Soundsplash many years ago, maybe like 2003, 2004, no, 2004, something like that. Um, and uh, what really uh, helped us take off is uh, back in that time, there was a, a TV, music TV show in, in New Zealand called uh, Space TV. And they were running this competition. Um, you, you put your song forward and uh, the people would vote to see who'd win the competition. And we, we uh, walked away with, uh, with that and you win a video clip. And you got to and you got to record the song. Um, no, you got to win a video clip, and that was politician. Oh, and, hey, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wicked. So I, I was going to say, was it? We, yeah, you got the <laughs> original stuff straight straight away. Yeah. But then that was the plan, eh, to do original songs straight away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's cool. Straight off the bat, and um, you know, we were super green, bro. Didn't know how to record back then. Just a. Uh, you know, when you, you, you first approach the recording situation, you, the only thing I know is how to play live. And studios, it's, there's so many different ways you can do it, but we're just super, super green, bro. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I oh, see so you recorded it yourselves. No, we went to the surgery, surgery down in Wellington um, and recorded there. Uh, Politician was actually recorded at a studio called Marmalade, which is uh, no longer around. Um, but the EP was recorded at um, at the surgery with uh, Dr. Lee Preble. Okay. Mm. Yep. And that was that was volume, is that right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That and was how, good there. Yeah. How'd that go for you? Did you did you? Uh, t- uh, were you were you at a stage where you could tour it? The people sort of starting to get to know who you were. Um. Yeah, everything kicked off quite fast, actually, bro. Like, uh, just started off what we thought was smaller gigs, but they just had lots of people there. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we just had a whole bunch of real crazy ideas and we were really fearless back then, you know? So we just try things out and sometimes we just come up with a riff just before going on stage, bro. <laughs> just go, oh, let's try this. And then, you know, they would turn into a jam and just turn a whole bunch of knobs and freak everything out. And, and um, yeah, they're, they're real fun times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you did you end up getting around New Zealand touring? Yeah. Off, off yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Um, we did a lot of driving, bro, back in the days. And um, it was, we didn't make a lot of money. Um, but 
that's exactly what we wanted to do. So Brad had a van. I can't remember what other vehicles there were, but I remember we were driving down uh, all the way down past Queenstown and just in the van, you know, do, doing doing it as you do, right? You know, yeah, just put the van on the ferry <laughs> and over you go. That's yeah. the one, man. Yeah, and what, what, happened, what sort of happened after that? Um, it kicked off properly for us. Um, we, we just kept playing gigs. Um, lucky enough to get some really cool gigs. And then um, we got asked to go on tour with, um, it was called Dub Conspiracy at the time. And it was run by uh, Andrew, Andrew Penman, who is um, Salmonella Dub. And that was an amazing tour, man. That was uh, with Fat Freddy's drop. I think it was uh, Trinity, Cornerstone Roots, um, Sal Dub, um, uh, a whole bunch of Australian uh, reggae bands and stuff as well. And um, yeah, bro, we went to Sydney and Adelaide, Melbourne, uh, and Perth, um, and that, that was a lot of fun, man. And um, so Sal Dub really helped open the gates for us um, in terms of you know seeing seeing the world taking the music overseas for the first time. Um, and then the other opportunity we had was with Sheehead. So um, got to open for Sheehead uh, back in the days in, in Wellington. And uh, that really um, changed everything for us because um, uh, Richie was on the sound desk then. He was doing the, he was doing the sound. Uh, for, for you guys or Sheehead? For us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Richie was on the sound. And um, <clears throat> when we did the Sheehead gig, what changed for us is that Dave Wernham, who was uh, Sheehead salmon, he said, right, bro, you can do whatever you want. So we could go, we were allowed to go as loud as we wanted to. And, uh, you know, Richie could really push the system because Dave just goes, yep, do it, man. Yeah, and, that, does, uh, that doesn't happen too much, eh? No, man. If you're the support act, man, you got to yep. bring it right down here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah hard out. So, so from that point, the sound was just so big, bro. We didn't want to go backwards from that point. And, um, you yeah, know, always try to maintain a, a massive sound. Now Dave's our sound man. Oh, <laughs> oh that's mean. <laughs> and is he still sound man for Sheehead as well? Yep. Oh, yeah, yep. wow. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and you guys just came off the 30-year anniversary tour with Sheehead, eh? Yeah. In New Zealand, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was, that was cool, man. It was cool to, you know, dig your teeth back into rock styles again. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, and it's just a massive sound, you know. You wouldn't expect anything less from uh, from the Sheehead boys, eh? But, yeah, it's cool. And so, okay, so after you toured, um, toured that, did you come straight back and, and record again? Um, after that, the next step was to do the first album, the self-titled album. Yep, yep. Um, which we did ourselves. Um, um, we were lucky. Richie went to um, SAE and, um, you know, learned how to do with recordings and all that kind of stuff. So we just invested in a whole bunch of gears. And uh, went out to Edgecombe. Brad was living in a warehouse in Edgecombe, bro. Massive place. And we just set all the gears up there and just went hard. And... Uh, yeah, there's some long hours put into that for sure. <laughs> Just recorded hard and whew, geez, that was challenging. <laughs> into Cubase, we had a five five face eight hundred with a bunch of extra pre's on top of that. Um and they were just, you know, the sound card pre's we didn't have any pre's 
you know, mean priest to record through. But yeah, it was cool. We had Tiki come in and, you know, show us a few things as well. And, yeah, that's cool. And uh, just went hard. Most of it was quite a, a bit of a blur, eh? You know, we tried, we tried <laughs> and experimented things and got a, some women brass band guys to come in and just play single notes. And, oh, wow. Oh, man. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. But, but it's such a tricky thing, eh? Like, yeah. Still thinking in that live mentality mode where, you know, you play a song from beginning to end. Um, sort of properly realise that you didn't really have to do that. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'd still prefer it that way, but you know, if you do do it that way, you've got to lock your stuff down, man. Yeah, you do, eh? Before uh, pressing the record button for sure. Yeah. And you, did you tour that uh, the album straight after that? Yeah. Um, yep. Where do we go? Just nationwide tour. Um, shout over to Aussie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the door started to open up, open up for us and got to take it to Japan, um, UK, through Europe, uh, Germany, and uh, it was cool, man. France, Paris, um, Netherlands. So that that was a, yeah, it was a big thing. It's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and what was the support like over there? Yeah, it was interesting. Like when you go to London and stuff, um, that place is, it was just always packed, bro. There's just so many, you know, expats over there. And um, there was some massive venues, bro. And there was some really massive, uh, how would you say it? Massive um, theatres, festivals. Uh, in particular, there was a place called the Coco Club, which is in Camden Town. And I think that's like five levels. Right. Places packed out, man. Full of Kiwis. That's out of it. Yeah. Yep. That was cool. Heaps of support there. But going through, um, you know, Europe and stuff, that was interesting. Um, no one really knows you. It takes you a little little bit of time, eh? You know, you got to invest about three or four years. Yeah. Uh, just going backwards and forwards, similar to what Freddie's do, you know? And now they've got a massive following. But, uh, yeah, I think we did it like three times. Three, three or so times, and then, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we, we just didn't continue it. You didn't continue it? No, nah. bunch of bunch of changes, eh? <laughs> yeah, right. Just when you start getting into your acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, always tried to dabble in between. Uh, okay. And stuff. Um, yeah, most of it was just doing gigs, bro. Just just doing uh, quarter gigs. Um, then we had a chance to go to the States um, and went along uh, the West Coast of the States. And that was really cool. And that was really interesting too, man. They, they got a really different system over there. Um, our promoter at the time, he was more reggae as a, as a promoter. Um, and quarter didn't really come under the banner of any type of genre. It was just what it was. Um, Americans, they like that. It has to come under a genre. So, yes, so that you go to a venue and they know how to market you. If if you come under, like, you know, something they haven't heard of, they just go, uh, we don't know what this is. We don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh. you're, we had to go under the reggae thing and we ended up playing a bunch of uh, reggae festivals and it was fun. Yeah. But, um, man, we were clearly not a reggae band. We yeah. Couple of reggae songs, but 
the rest of it was just, you know, out there. It's cool. But did it still go down since you had your reggae label and you played your other stuff with people digging it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. West Coast is cool, though. Like it's weird, eh? Yeah. Crazy, crazy yanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, the, and the buzzy thing is too, bro, you can't turn up to the next venue and, and go, oh, we played at this place last night and it sold out because uh, all the venues have this, this book where you can look online or whatever it is and it tells everyone the, um, how many tickets were sold, who turned up from, oh. from all the venues, you know? Right. So, you can't go in and lie and say, oh, we sold out last night. And, you know, well, according to the uh, stats that I have in front of me here, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's just very different. That's <laughs> yeah, right. That's, that's where it is. <laughs> yeah, so, so when you came back, were you, were you buoyed by it or just like kind of let down? Uh, what, what was the expectation going over there? No, it, it was cool. We just, we just had to um, spend a bit of spit bit more time over there, eh? Yeah. What happened after that um, trip to the States? Um, We uh, come back and and started recording the next album. Um, Once that album was completed, um, there was an opportunity for us to go back to the States. (laughs) But then I got into trouble, bro. Ah. Yeah, I got into a bit of trouble and... uh, that meant that my visa was pending um, due to things, so, you know, to court. I went, I went to court and it was just an ugly situation. So after that, I kind of just let everything go because that boat had uh, had passed, unfortunately. The moon had passed. Oh, shit. And, uh, yeah. Oh, well, that's life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And any any chance of giving another another crack over there? Um. No, I think I'm kind of happy just, uh, okay. yep. just just where it is at the moment. Um, and uh, the cool thing is everyone's branched off and done separate projects now away from Kura. And uh, I think everyone's gone into the areas where uh, they probably would like to be or, or should have been anyway. Understand. Uh, yep. LABs, they're kicking ass, man, at the moment. Yeah, but yeah. Yep. And... and um, Man, Lordy's doing a whole bunch. He's doing a whole bunch of crazy things, man. Uh-huh. Um, I went straight back to the roots and yeah. uh, of playing sounds like the old man and stuff, you know. So yeah. the modern Maori quartet. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun, bro. Yeah. And I dance with uh, Shapeshifter. Yeah, and yeah. Richie's doing heavy metal ninjas, and uh, yeah. Oh, it's all happening for you. That's good. Yeah. 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 It's cool. All right, we'll talk about the modern Maori quartet a little bit, bro. So how how did yeah. that? How did that come about? Uh, James Tito, one of, one of the members of the group, he started the idea, he came up with the idea. <coughs> we all come in, in and out of drama school, different years. And, um, oh, so you all, but, knew each, you all knew each other? Not really. Like, no? uh, okay, yep. Myself and the big boy Maka, um, we graduated you know, much earlier than Matariki and James, but you'd still end up at these uh, garage parties, um, well, just parties of guitar would come out and uh, the boys would just naturally gravitate to the guitar and start singing. And James just thought of an idea and just goes, bro, why don't we just make this something? Save us waiting around the phone for an audition and and that was it. It, it just kicked off like that. Um, they wrote a, a theatre show called Ngā Bro Fa 
And um, then after that, bro, it just it really took off. Um, got picked up as a TV show, Happy Hour. Um, just a whole bunch of shows here and overseas. And and because uh, you just got back from China, did you got back? You were in China this year. Yeah, I didn't go. Yeah. This, this I, oh, you didn't. Okay, yeah, all right. But okay, I, I, went, okay. I went last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've actually done probably more travelling with the quartet than I have uh, with anything else I've done. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a rule. Within a short amount of time, four or five years, huh? there's yeah. uh, about six months of the year is gigs overseas. Oh, that's mean. Yeah, it's yep. wicked. Yeah. From Uzbekistan to... <laughs> hey, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. China, uh, Edinburgh, Germany, um, Australia... Uh, Singapore, Kuala Lumpur, uh, geez, where else? Um, Hawaii, um, cruise ship, the Disney cruise ship. Oh man, that was hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, yeah, it's, it's it's been a ride, man. So, how did Uzbekistan come about? We got picked up at the Lantern Festival, which is here, the Chinese Lantern Festival. Yep. And we sung a, a Chinese song. And one of the organisers for this, uh, it's the World Folk Festival. Yeah. <coughs> he saw it and he was looking around for some, some acts and he goes, yep, would you like to come to Uzbekistan? And, uh, and yep. <laughs> Google, where's that? <laughs> yeah, where the hell is that? <laughs> Kazakhstan? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, the boys, boys come away with an award as well. Um, oh, most passionate performance. Oh, that's wicked. Um, in these amazing buildings, bro, with a backdrop, and yeah. oh, unreal, like two thousand year old buildings lit up, and amazing PA. But yeah, they're very uh, culture shock for the yeah. boys. Right. Um. Yeah, everything was very proper. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like the boys, if they wanted to take photos with the girls, yeah, they they had to pretend that their arms were around their shoulders. Oh, you couldn't touch? They weren't allowed to touch them, so. Oh, right. And um, they weren't allowed to go out. Security guards would, you know, you'd only see uh, certain parts of Uzbekistan. Oh, uh, wow. You allowed to. But you'd, you'd get blooming um, police would come in and you'd have your own van, so you're basically a superstar with you, right? <laughs> no one even did, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But had, you know, when, when the boys were leaving it, girls crying, bro, you had to bust it. So, that, that's, uh, I can't imagine how Justin Bieber and all those guys feel, <laughs> but to, to, to a bunch of strangers you know, running after the bus and crying, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, police escorts with both ends of the bus, eh? Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> that's a crack up. <laughs> and then come home and, nah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, the heartiness is here, bro. Yeah. 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 So, so when you when you went over there, did you have any idea what the, the culture was going to be like? Like with the no arm around thing, did you have any idea? No, you just you just taught there, eh? The, yeah. The, there were guides and stuff over there as well. But um, yeah, that was cool. A lot of drinking vodka, bro. Yeah. Lots of, lots of vodka. Any hairy moments? Yeah. Like, uh, yep. The, the hairiest moment would have been, uh, I could probably tell you the story, actually. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, some of the food. The boys ended up with uh, the old belly bug. Yeah, uh, didn't quite make it in time. Oh, those, those, those are the hairy moments. 
Oh, yeah. Um. So you are you're an avatar, were you, bro? Oh, you just as an extra, bro. Oh yeah. 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 Did, did did we see your face? Yeah, just in the very oh. beginning when the oh, yeah. uh, we're about to come off the ship yep. lands on on the planet. Right. Uh, yeah, my face just goes whole whole camera sh- whole screenshot of my, of my mug, bro. Hey, <laughs> that's the only, that's my only glory to that film, bro. Can't right. see me anywhere else. Yep. <laughs> so you think you'll get in the sequel, bro, or no? No, no, don't think so. No, that'll be fun. Yeah, all good. And and where else is your your acting um, put you into? Yeah, Pa pa Boys is probably the oh yeah the um biggest thing I've done in terms yep. of here. Yep. Um, and there was also a life changer because after that point, I only wanted to tell Māori stories oh, and yeah. uh, do things Māori. Um, yep. Yeah, that was an amazing experience, man. Not only did we get to see the country, but <clears throat> um, yeah, I got to learn a lot more in deep in uh, in a deep way about our culture and and the way we do things, you know. And um, it was just a spiritual, blooming, amazing experience. I mean, that changed my life. And uh, from that point on, I said, no, I only want to do things Māori, uh, tell Māori stories, um, and so it was natural, you know, transition into the quartet. Uh, and carry on with that. Yep. <coughs> oh, so Pub Boys came before the quartet, is that right? Uh, about the same time. Oh, same but, time. Uh, okay. Yeah. At the time, I was only um, filling in. Um, oh, right, okay. For, for a bro of ours, um, the original, one of the originals. Yep. Uh, is his name, but he got a role in The Lion King, so he's been living in Australia for the last three, four years, you know? Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah. And uh, when he stepped out, I stepped into his place. And uh, yeah, and he's, now he's back. And uh, but the team is extended out to about nine now. Oh, sweet! So you're a full, you're a full time member now. Yeah. Oh, awesome, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the team now has stepped out, uh, branched out to about nine of us in the crew for uh, swinging. So someone can't do it because they got a job on TV or something. Someone else has stepped in. So right, gotcha. Yeah. Nine, nine of us, four for the OGs, and uh, yeah, five, five for backup. Yep, yep, that's cool. That's, that's cool. So, um, the uh, like the harmony arrangements. Who who sort of susses that? Is it sort of done as a team, or is it? Do you have like a, a leader, so to speak, a band, band, band leader, or t- sort of? Yeah, I think all of us are leaders in our own way. Yeah, I think it's just, it's just a natural moldy thing, bro. Maldives will just say, you know, you, you know, someone will just be on the low, someone in the middle, on third or whatever. Um, and then, you know, you got to finish with a six at the end because that is a very Maldi thing to do. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just organic process. I think most of the time, like, um, it's quite hard to find a fourth, fourth harmony, eh? If uh, things start to get a bit close together, so we might just have three and then double up on the lead or something. Yeah. Yep. Or... Um, because we're playing instruments at the same time, you need some space for the instruments as well. Um, so the, but yeah, de- definitely uh, vocally, um, vocally focused. Uh, yeah, that's just me, bro. It's hearty. Just as long as it's got heart and stuff, then yep. you're happy. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Right. Yeah, yeah, sorry, go. Yep. Oh, sorry, bro. Interesting thing about the harmonies and about 
how the quartet sound is. Is um, it's gotten better, but it's actually flat. There's not a kind of not quite in pitch, but when you put all four of them together, that's cool, man. And it's yeah, got yeah. its own kind of flavour, you know. Um, it's nothing's ever perfect, but it's just as long as it's got heart. Yeah, I'd rather listen to someone who's like flat, but giving it a hundred percent, you know. Um, but yeah, the longer you do it, it tends to be a lot more refined and and stuff like that. And, and uh, the banter is is hard case, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. And do you do you, do you swap roles at all? Do you swap? Do you decide to go? Oh, no, I'm not feeling too low today. Can I? Can I swap uh, spots, or you just you've got your spot, you got your space. Yeah, you got your space, I reckon. Yeah, but you know there might be some songs, and you know one of the boys might have had a hard night the night before. Yeah, and uh, can't sing as high as uh, probably should yep. for the song that they're supposed to sing. So they might go, "Oh, do you mind if we cut that song altogether?" We'll oh, just oh right, okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hard, bro. So, and you're right into your your audio production and stuff, eh? I, I saw on your yeah. Facebook today you got the Slate VRS, bro. Yes, bro. Yeah, yes. Hey. yes. Good stuff. I'm still trying to set that bugger up. Actually, it's, it's proving to be uh, quite a tricky process because I haven't um, upgraded my gear in such a long time, bro. And um, but uh, the reason why. I, wanted to go for this thing in particular is that <laughs> I just love recording um, everyone in the room at the same time. I prefer that process because you just capture a vibe and you capture the, the yeah, energy. It's more, it's more organic, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yep. And if it's, you know, if it's played well and if it's recorded right and you capture something, you capture a moment in time, which is, um, I, I prefer that process yep. of recording. Um, I mean, should you need any overdubs and stuff, you can do that at, at a later time. Yep. But, um, yeah, I hate the feeling of going into a studio and you're just, it's just you playing to a click track. Sure. And, and uh, uh, it just, I don't vibe off that, you know. I'd, yep. I'd rather, like, you want to communicate with other players and... Yep. And uh, if you've been playing long enough, you've got your own voice, you've got your own artistic voice, and you can really vibe with each other that way. Yep. And uh, see, so, yeah, I went with this sound card because you get the microphones and. Yep. Um, oh, you get the mics as well. Well, I got the, I got oh, this package. Yep. Um, so there's uh, seven uh, little pencil condenser slash dynamic mics, and then you get a big diaphragm one as well. But uh, I don't know if you know anything about the sound card. Do you know anything about it? No, I know. I know about the. This is the the, the virtual mic system, is it? Yeah, that's the one, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit, not so much about the sound card, more about the mics and the modeling. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, um, you get like uh, preamps as well. Basically, a, a ten seventy three, need ten seventy three, and a tele and a Telefunken. So yeah, yeah. Best of those two worlds, anyway. Um, more, more coming out later, and um, <clears throat> you get. Um, Anything from U forty seven and the the big diaphragm sound all the way to a C one two, which are just mics that none of us can afford, bro. I know, bro. <laughs> you know, and then yeah. then on the little pencil condenser ones, you have the dynamic range as well. So uh, anything from fifty seven, fifty eight, the 
Sennheiser four two ones. Um, just all the mics that you you'd love to have in your kit, but you just none of us can afford it. So this this is the best option that uh, I reckon is out and available for uh, to to get a like a full on studio sound, right? Like yeah, make it sound like a Neve desk. Yeah, without, without paying a million bucks for a Neve desk. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I use the I got the slate everything bundle, you know, use all, oh, cool. all those plugins, yeah. So yeah. it's good stuff, man. Real good oh, stuff. Right. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. And what yeah. what sort of stuff are you looking to record? Uh, lots of stuff um like Cook Island stuff. Uh, just going to there was a project um still yet to finish off that started a couple of years ago. Um just capturing uh like a Buena Vista social club of the Cook Islands. Yeah, right. Awesome. Like all, all these old players, uh, they're, getting, they're getting on now and trying to capture them before they pass on, you know? Getting them come down from the hills and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, awesome. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, eventually with recording my own stuff and, <clears throat> and would love it if I could just record the drums and make it sound, you know, everything in the room at the same time would be good. Well, at least the bass and the, the drums locked in together, and then you can do everything else on top of that. I don't know, play play around with it, you know. Yeah, that's mean, bro. And who are your who are your influences today? Like, um, musical influences? Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. I don't really have one. Yeah. Okay. Influence. Yep. So I pretty much spend all day on Spotify, bro, and okay. listen, listen to everything, eh? All right, so let, let's. Who were your early bass influences then? Oh, okay. Um, Steve Harris. Oh yeah. Uh, I made it. Might made yeah. And jeez, uh, these. Uh, of course, everyone loved Flea. Um, <clears throat> but more more nowadays, is, I love uh, Pino stuff, eh? Pino's yeah, bro. Oh, he's a killer, man. Oh, he's special. Oh. Real special. That's, that's just yeah. some tasty shit going down there, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I just uh, love everything, eh? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> good, to it all. Just a just a music lover, yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah, no hard. Um, and what's the what's the future hold, bro? What's uh, the, let's say twelve. Let's go twelve months. Twelve months. Uh, I still got a whole bunch of shows for Marumari Quartet. Um, and I think I'm not too sure if this is confirmed, but we want to go to uh, Japan for the uh, World Cup rugby. Um, oh, hey, awesome. play over there to play uh, there. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. Um, heading back to Edinburgh again for the Edinburgh Fringe Fest in August. <laughs> um, come back to Japan, and then after that, boys are going back to China. Um, in terms of Kora, we've got gigs all the way to March. <laughs> and, uh, oh, what's, what, so what's the what's the quarter lineup? Uh, the the Richie, Stewie, Brad, Dan, and myself. Me and uh, trying to get Lordy to come in on on a couple of those festivals, but he's he's super busy. Yeah, sure. Um, and uh, then after March, we we don't have any other shows lined up for that, but we'd uh, be cool to to record another EP or something. Yeah, great. Because. Uh, <clears throat> It's funny, eh, that world, bro? Albums aren't really, they don't, they kind of do matter and they don't, but just people just want content. Um, they do, don't, yeah. 
they, they, they don't value albums the way we used to value albums. You'd go and buy the thing at the store and Agreed, yeah. you'd, you'd have the inlay and um, people just like flip past and it's almost like second nature that they're not really invested into it eh, unless they really love you. Yeah. Um, I mean, although Spotify have, have bought the function in, I'm not sure over the last, maybe the last 12 months or so, where if you're putting content on Spotify, you can you can add all your credits in there. Oh, true. Yeah, bro. Yeah. So, oh, man. Yeah. Cool. So you can put all your, you know, all your, all your players yep. and your producer and all that. You can put that in there. So oh, cool. Go on the track. Yeah. And, yeah so that that's kind of bringing it back a little bit. But it's, yeah. it's not the same, eh, bro. That's not the same, bro. No. I mean, uh, let's face it. No one buys music, bro. No. So. Uh, it's it's an industry. It's an interesting industry. You're basically just releasing stuff, uh, which is advertising for your live shows, um, and constantly having to keep up with content so that people still know that you exist. So it's an interesting, uh, interesting machine. Um, and if you want to play that game, yeah, yeah, constantly playing that game because it's constantly moving. <clears throat> changing all the time, eh? So um, I, I quite like where I am at the moment. It's uh, just I stick to the heartiness, and, and uh, yeah, it's cool fun, man. Just as long as it's, as long as it's fun, you enjoy what you do. And did yeah. did you kind of uh, see that see the change start yeah. to come? You saw it come, yeah, massively, bro. And you massively. sat back, you sat sat back, and there was there a moment where you thought, oh man, things are never going to be the same again. Yeah, there was. Um, you definitely notice it within the, the cost of putting on live shows. Um, oh, right, okay. Yeah, everything went up. So the cost of everything went up in terms of, uh, you know, I think it used to be like 50-50 in terms of uh, the numbers. You'd have to have at least 50% of the house to break even. Anything else on top of that, you start to make. Um, but uh, in terms of the record sales, um it just doesn't make sense, bro, because you might invest $100,000 into making an album and then no one's going to buy the album. Um, so in that, in that sense of the recording world, you've sunk 100000 bucks, but now they're calling it $100,000 into uh, advertising for your, um, for your live shows. Yeah, which is... It's bizarre, it's eh? Twisted, bro. Yes, yeah. it's, it's real bizarre. Yeah. And, yeah, and people just don't understand the time and energy and the amount of money that you spend to make the damn thing, and no one's buying now. So it's 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 interesting. It's I don't know where it's going to go to, how it's going to sustain itself, um, and uh, the biggest change that we also noticed is that <coughs> going back to those two conversations. Because no one was buying music anymore, all these all these artists from around the world suddenly had to start playing again. So you got all these international acts from all over the world coming to New Zealand to to play your spot. Yeah, well, just to play because they're not getting royalties anymore, and nobody's buying the music anymore. So um, we've got this huge amount of international acts coming to a small little New Zealand, and uh, it's saturating the market and all the local the local crew uh, um, I'd say they'll really be feeling it pretty soon because people can't afford to go to every show you know 
they'd rather pay 150 bucks and go and see the Eagles or go pay 60 bucks to come and see us or 70 bucks to come and see Freddy's or whatever. Yeah. They'd go, hmm, I'd rather go to the Eagles. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, it's, it's very, very saturated. That's where the biggest difference is in terms of uh, people not buying albums. So all these old bands are yeah. touring the world again because that's how they make the money. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we, I, I, I haven't quite noticed that here in Australia because there's always big acts yeah. coming. Yeah. But it's fascinating to hear hear the impact it's making on New Zealand. That's, mm. Yeah, never thought of that. I mean, it's great great for entertainment and stuff. Oh, and if you want for, to sure, for sure. But as, a, as an artist and as a band. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You haven't, got your, you haven't got your album sales anymore, so you can't yeah. rely yeah. on that. And then, yeah, trying to get, yeah. trying to do these gigs, but yeah, like you said, someone went yeah. in store. <laughs> the Doobie Brothers. That's yeah. not even the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Last week for two hundred for two hundred bucks, you know. So, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, man, you just got to stick in your lane, eh? stick to your lane, and, and do it. what you do. As long as uh, you're happy. In, with your own voice. Um, but there's so many ways. There's no rules, bro. But, you know, if you're a smart business person, then, um, yeah, uh, you'd, you'd create in a different way if you're a smart business person. But if you're just an, an artist that just wants to express themselves and just do it for the love of it, then it's a lot more liberating for sure. But um, yeah, most people want to make some money, so there's, there's some smarter ways of doing that. Yeah. In uh, costly ways, but hey, works for them, man. In, t- in terms of pulling in international producers, uh, paying the big bucks because they've got the ear for the commercial to make music for commercial radio. Um, yeah, and it's worked so well for a lot of Kiwi Kiwi artists and stuff, eh? Yeah, um, like Six Sixty and um, Joe Little and. Yeah, they're awesome, man. Um, but yeah, I just like what I'm doing, bro. Yeah, <laughs> well, bro, as long as you're happy, eh? Yeah, that's what it's all about. Who were the Who were the big hitters on the scene now, um, music-wise? I'd say definitely Six Sixty is still still the biggest, bro. You don't hear um, about them much, yeah? Hey, no, no, right, not, not so much since it, like the, since their first album, right? They do, they do. It seems like they tour, might tour here every year, but just don't hear, don't hear them. Yeah. Yep. Oh man, they've got this show this weekend coming up, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's sold out in like five minutes, and it's like the biggest, uh, you know, one band that's put on the show. They sold over twenty five thousand tickets, bro. So they're that that big. That's the massive here. They're huge. Wow, man. Um, and that's coming this weekend. That's with uh, Sons of Zion. Yep. Uh, I think it's, uh, I can't remember them. Maybe the Broods or something like that. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, and some other bands. But yeah, that's, it's, this is the generation. That's their generation. It's their time now. Eh? Okay, that's cool. cool. Um, and uh, Sons of Zion are doing some massive things. Yep. Um, oh, it's, there's so much cool stuff going on, man. It's it's really awesome. Um, Lab, um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Doing, doing some some uh, just constantly active online. Um, yeah. But yeah. then you then you've got the veterans who are still kicking ass. Catch a fire. Yeah, uh, yeah they they were just out here. Yeah, yeah, they they just yeah. they were just in Sydney. Yeah. I think they're nominated for a Grammy, bro. 
Oh, hey. Yeah, yeah, for their new album. So um, it's super exciting, man. Wow. Um, so, yeah, some really big moves. Um, in terms of the really pop pop scene, I'm not too savvy because uh, yep. I tend not to listen to the bubblegum music. <laughs> 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 sure. my, my, my eyes start to... <laughs> you know, my, my ears start to go, ouch. Too perfect, eh? Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, it's just not my thing, but it's today's music and, you know, yep. it's, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, there's a certain sort of quality that I prefer and uh, that's not it. <laughs> no. No, gotcha. <clears throat> yeah, right. Well, Frank Cora, thanks so much for being on the Gig Life podcast. Oh, um, pleasure, Gray. Yeah, it was great to talk to you, bro. And um, yeah, I, I think everyone are going to dig the story, especially <laughs> pe- people that aren't in New Zealand that, that don't kind of know how the scene's going at the moment. You know, it's fascinating. I, I, had, mm. no, I had no no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, this, I could go on for ages, bro. And it's, man, there's some really amazing stuff happening here too, eh? Yeah. Which is, uh, which is really cool. Yeah. But yeah, we could save that for another time, I suppose. Oh, sure, part two. And I've got to tell you the dirty stories too, bro, next yeah. time. Oh, plenty of those yeah. bad stories. Nah, awesome, bro. All right, my All right. bro. Thanks, my brother. Pleasure, bro. All right. Cheers, bro.